there. My hand was cramping so bad I had to take a break. Anybody else ever do that? Isn't that the weirdest thing? It's like, ah. But anyway, thank you for jumping in and covering while I recovered. But I'm good. Is everybody good? Y'all are really quiet today. So let's, let's not be that quiet. <laughs> oh, this is me after a week of being off. Um, <laughs> now, I'm in um, really wanting us to have a good time. I want to challenge us with some things today. Does anybody ever get discouraged? I feel like things that you've been looking for seem to be elusive. I like honesty. Thank you for being honest. I love it. I love it. Well, yes, over the last couple of days and as I was praying and asking the Lord, what is it you want for Sunday? I heard two words, and suddenly. And suddenly. And then he said this, the difference a moment can make. I do wonder sometimes how often we miss the moment because we give up. Just before the moment of breakthrough hits. So as we start today, I want you just to posture your heart. That God, I don't want to miss my moment of and suddenly. I don't want to miss mine. I'm too old to miss many more. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? I mean, and I don't consider myself old, but I'm older than I was. I'm not as old as I'm going to get. And oh, by the way, folks, in case you think I'm getting old, my dad is 88 and a half and still drives back and forth to Florida all the time. And Hangs pictures on a two-story wall and all kinds of crazy stuff. And he's great. So that's the example I have to follow. <laughs> so I've got a lot of and suddenlies left. And I don't want to miss any of them. But I do want to say this. Just because Holy Spirit just prompted in me. Our and suddenlies happen moment by moment and we often stumble into our and suddenlies rather than seeing them coming and you can't force your suddenly you can align your heart for your suddenly. You can position your faith for your suddenly. But you can't work harder to make your suddenly happen. I'm going to say that again. Because in our American culture and even in the church culture, we have this tendency to think that if I do more, work harder, press harder, wear myself out more, etc., etc. Y'all following me? That we think by all of our great doing, we'll get our suddenly. And God says, I just need you to walk with me. See, Enoch walked with God and suddenly he was no more. 
We've got to learn how to walk and receive the and suddenly because we're so postured with the Lord that we're positioned for the suddenly. Okay? Does that make sense? So let's take a look. We're in the middle of the Christmas season. Now, most of us know that historically and in reality, Jesus would not have been born in December. We know that, right? But we also know that any day is a good day to celebrate the birth of Jesus. <laughs> so I don't care what day you put it on. We're going to celebrate. This happens to be the day that we have acknowledged throughout centuries that we're going to celebrate Jesus' birth. But we're also going to be honest enough to know this is not when he was born. It's probably closer to when he was conceived. Okay? So we're just going to set that in order. <laughs> and then we're going to move on. But and suddenly... Everything changes. Let's take a look at the life of Mary. Here's Mary. She was a soon-to-be bride. And all of a sudden, she's pregnant with the Son of God. Now, can you imagine that suddenly? But then you have to look over here at Joseph. And Joseph is looking forward to being married to his beautiful fiance Mary. And suddenly, he finds out, oops, she's pregnant. Can you imagine the tailspin that threw him into? Let's look at the scripture. See, he went from being a groom to being the husband of the one carrying the Son of God. Now talk about a shock and a suddenly. Matthew 1... 18 through 21. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement. It kept pondering what this salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And then down to verse 34. I've got wrong reference there. I apologize. It's Luke 2, 26 through 34 with a few verses skipped. Verse 34, And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I am a virgin. Her and suddenly was a shock. But Mary had found favor. Mary was found to be one in whom God was well pleased. Mary was just living her life. She wasn't looking to become the mother of the Messiah. She just was being faithful. But then you look at Joseph and it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. That would be a normal response in that culture. 
That would have been the norm. That would have been the accepted. Say, but. When he had considered this, behold, an angel suddenly. That's a suddenly moment. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So here we have two young people going about their life and suddenly... God interrupts their life. He totally disrupts their plans for their future. Do you know that God suddenly often disrupt our plans? I mean, he can turn us upside down, turn us around, spin us around, and all of a sudden we thought we were headed here and we're going all the way over here. And we find out that all the way over here is the very place we needed to be all the time. But little did we know because we were set to go here. And God says, and suddenly, pay attention. You've had your and suddenly moments, but I don't think any of our suddenly moments compare to Mary and Joseph. When you consider where they were, the culture they were in, and all that it would have meant for them to walk through confronting the whisperings, the gossiping, the speculations. And yet they had so heard from God. They had so encountered God in their suddenly moment that they kept walking. And they walked out their purpose. And then you get to Luke 2, and I love this and suddenly in verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a heaven, multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Talk about a suddenly. Talk about the heavens opening up revealing the glory, the majesty, the splendor of God and his heavenly host. One of the things that I see through this story, and especially in our day and age when at times, and it's lessened some now than over a few years ago, but we had people talking about seeing angels with an irreverence. It was flip. It was fun and frolic. Every time I see the angels and the heavenly host appear in scripture, there's an awe that breaks open. There is something that encounters the people who see and perceive the angelic host that changes them suddenly in a moment. There, there is a joy that comes, but there is a sobriety because these are the host of heaven that do the bidding of the word of the Lord. They don't just show up. If they show up, there's a reason. If they allow you to see them, there's a reason. That we need to be paying attention to. Pay attention to those and suddenly moments. What is God doing 
when he breaks through the veil between the earth realm and the spirit realm and allows us to peer in, what's he doing with us? What's he inviting us into? What is he depositing in us like he did Mary? Not the same, but you know he deposits seed into you, right? Life. He deposits dreams and visions and purpose and destiny. He deposits into you assignments that you're to walk in. And we all need to be like Mary and say, let it be done unto me according to your will. I have no idea how this could ever be, but at your word, let it be. Us even sitting in this place today is because there was a day over 15 years ago where God said, this is what I want you to do. And I said, I have no idea how to do this. He said, but I do. And I just said, let it be done according to your will. Let it be what you want, not what I can imagine, not what I can do, because I can't, but you can. And see, sometimes you're in the one that's receiving that seed and there's a suddenly change in you. And sometimes you're the one called to walk alongside like Joseph was to Mary. And it calls an and suddenly change for you too. Because see, whatever God's put in you, there are people that have to walk with you through the calling and the assignment that it causes an and suddenly change. Whatever that change is, you still have to hear from God and you have to settle it in you that I don't get this. I don't understand it. It's not what I had planned. Anybody else ever walked those? It's not what I had planned moments. But you come to a place that you so know it's God that you go, I'm going to move with this and suddenly. And I think I'm spending so much time on this particular and suddenly because this and suddenly leads to every other and suddenly. See, if you don't say yes to the moment when God comes to you and says, Here's what I want to do with you. If you don't say yes to that one, those others will never be able to unfold. If you don't say yes at that moment of invitation for Jesus to come and be born again in you, for you to be born again, those other and suddenlies about your purpose and destiny you can't enter into. There is always that initial and suddenly. When you go from lost to born again. It's an end suddenly. We all have to have that moment where we shift and move into the process of God that then begins to open up the rest of the unsuddenlies in our life. See, if we go back to the story of Mary and, jo and Joseph, you see then and suddenly... They continued. Jesus had been born. The heavenly hosts have sung. But then all of a sudden, we have Joseph with some more angelic encounters. And we see how the end suddenly takes inconvenience and disruption 
and reveals blessing and protection. You remember the story. I'm not going to read all these passages. You can look at them. When Joseph had the dream and the angel comes and says, Take Mary and your son and flee to Egypt. Can you imagine? Herod is just sending out his forces to kill all of the babies two years old and under. So from this, we know that Jesus is two or under, right? And he's going to murder all of these babies. And an angel comes and warns Joseph and says, flee, get out now. And suddenly, don't wait, don't delay, do it now. A lot of our and suddenlies require instantaneous obedience. You can stop. Your end suddenly by delay of your obedience or by disobedience. And actually, delay is a form of disobedience. With delay, you can turn it, but you have to pray you don't turn it too late. Because some things in the economy of God have an appointed time. What if Joseph said, well, it's inconvenient today. I think we'll wait a week. In his humanity, you know, he could have done that, right? But in that in suddenly moment, he had to get up, take his wife and his baby and flee to another land. Time passes. Further on in Luke 2, Herod dies. And you got to love it. Joseph gets another angel visit. The angel comes and visits to him in a dream and says, go back. The time has come. Go back. See, all of a sudden, his and suddenly flee that he may not have understood at that moment. All of a sudden, he's able to see, oh my goodness, that was God's divine protection over my life. That was God delivering me from a certain death of my son, if not all of us. Have you ever gotten in a car to go somewhere and traffic slowed down and you didn't, you all get down the road and you realize that if you had left on time, you would have been at the point of the wreck? Sometimes there are divine delays that are protection for us. Sometimes there are things that we want to do and we want to step into that look like a delay and look like we missed our moment, but we actually didn't. Even in the story of us here with CityGate, a number of years ago, we had put a contract on a piece of property. We felt like that was where we were supposed to be, and then we couldn't get in. Then the landlord sued us. Oh, that was fun. And we went through what felt like this extended delay. And we went through several properties that we thought we would get. And then for whatever reason, they would just like vanish. It was bizarre. But, and suddenly we ended up across the parking lot. That and suddenly to there led us into a double and suddenly to here. 
And see, if we had had that first property, we would have never been positioned for this one. Because it took getting out of the first one to move us through a process of time until God aligned things with the market, with us, with our faith journey, with all kinds of things until and suddenly we got positioned where we needed to be. Looking back, I see a lot of direction. I see a lot of protection. I see God positioning. I will tell you in 2014 when all of that happened, I couldn't see that. All I saw was the mess I was facing. Somebody needed to hear that. Because you may be facing a mess right now that in a, a period of time, you're going to be able to look back and go, oh, now I get it. So go ahead and thank God now that he protected you from what you thought would be so that he could get you to what he knows needs to be. And then we look at one of the best and suddenlies. What was intended for evil turns for good. God's purposes overtaking the enemy's schemes. What better example of this than the cross and the resurrection? Even in Corinthians, it says that if, if Satan had known what he was about to do, he would have never crucified the Son of God, but he did. Because and suddenly, what looked like an utter defeat at the cross, in an instant turned into the greatest victory of all time. See, sometimes we look like we're utterly defeated. And then in a moment, God breathes life into what appears to be dead. And resurrection life comes in. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's something you just feel like, I, I just buried it. I, I'm just done. I buried it. It's over. Too many attacks, too many defeats, too much. Anybody else ever said such things? I certainly have. And you know what? Sometimes we actually need to bury some things. And some things need to stay buried. Because they were ours, not God's. But even when we have something that is so God... And we have buried it. It's a great opportunity for God to resurrect it. And then he receives the glory. There was a, an assignment the Lord gave me in the early, mid-90s around the Olympics. And we were doing it. But it was taking a lot of just hard work. And it was not producing a lot of fruit. Anybody else ever done that? And I was on my way to a meeting with other people that were involved with it. And I heard Holy Spirit say, I've issued the sentence of death. And I went, what? He said, if you'll allow it to be buried, come off of life support and be buried in my time, I will resurrect it. So I walked into the meeting. No delay on this one. 
I won't say I always am that quick. But I walked into the meeting and I said, I'm pulling the plug on it. And they said, you can't do that. And I said, I am. I said, if you want to keep it on life support, you can, but I'm not. I heard Holy Spirit say, pull the life support, and I'm not going to plug it back in. (laughs) And he said, in my time, in my way, I'll do it again. What that was was circle the city with prayer. Do you know now it's happening organically? I mean, even in this house, because of how scattered we are around the city, This city is getting circled in prayer, and we're only one of countless. See, we're we're one of countless. In the 90s, there weren't many prayer groups going. There were some, but there weren't a lot, and especially not that we're collaborating with other people. But see, God said, "Pull, pull it, let it die, let it bury it. Let the stone be rolled over in front of it. In my way, in my time, I'll roll away the stone. And you're going to see resurrection life. When the Lord showed me that about two weeks ago, I got so excited. Because that means that what the enemy intended to kill it, because what killed it was people not being willing to collaborate and pray together. When he said that to me a couple of weeks ago, that says there is a movement that's happening that people are organically and by the Spirit going to begin moving together in intercession that will cause this city to be ablaze with the glory of God. I am believing that with all of my heart. The angel is rolling the stone away, folks. Perhaps over something you dreamed of and it's buried. Invite him to roll the stone away. Ask, invite him to show you how you need to posture your heart so that the stone can be moved away. Because see, Jesus had completely submitted to that process. But what about this one? And suddenly, dangers and obstacles turn into privileges and opportunities. Do you know that's all a matter of perspective and posture? We all face dangers and obstacles. Some of us every day, at least every week, where things look like it's hopeless and there's no way to get through it and you don't know how you're going to climb up that mountain with all the jagged rocks and how are you going to get all that you need to do. But see, in the resurrection of Jesus and in that aspect there was a suddenly but what about when Paul and Silas were in prison and they began to praise they were in a great place of danger and obstacle don't you think being locked in a dungy cell would be a place of obstacle and danger but what did they do They didn't whine, moan, and complain. They began to praise and to celebrate and sing loudly. And then in Acts 16, 26, it says, And suddenly 
there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Some of us feel like we're locked in a prison, that we're trapped by dangers and obstacles. We've got circumstances around us that look absolutely impossible. This is when you need to do what Paul and Silas did. In the midst of your dungy cell, start praising. Start celebrating. Start dancing in your living room. Start shouting. When you get the bad emails, go into a praise celebration that, God, I know this looks impossible, but you're greater than my impossibility. You are the possible one in the midst of that which seems going to be a defeat for me. You are the one that can overcome every scheme of the enemy. You can overcome every dark assault. You are the one, and I choose to praise you and look at you and not at the mess. Sometimes, folks, we look at our messes so much that we get so captured that all we do is rehearse the mess. Even in our prayers, we rehearse the mess. And God's saying, would you please, I know your mess. He goes, I see aspects of your mess you don't even have an idea you've got. And I see it. But it doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change that I'm still the mighty warrior, the victorious king, the God over everything. I am the God over your messes and I turn your messes into messages. And I am the one that if you'll begin to praise me, I'll unlock the prison gates. See, we need to unlock some prison gates by our praise, not by our moaning, complaining, and begging God to do what he said. Come on, release the sound of shout. Release the shout. Dance over your enemy. Come on. We got to get this in us, folks. We need to do some of this over our nation because right now our nation is in the midst of dangers and obstacles on every front. And we need some Paul and Silas anointing in the prison cell to break open, cause the earthquake to come. Because we're praising so greatly that the enemy will just have to let go. You can shift an atmosphere with your praise. What about this one? And suddenly things can change for good or for bad, depending on how things align with the Lord and with his eternal truths of righteousness and justice. It's all about alignment and position. How are we aligning with the Lord? Are we aligning in agreement with what the enemy is doing? Are we aligning our hearts in faith with what God is saying he's going to do? See, faith isn't moving by what you see in the natural that you can touch. Faith is moving by what you see by the spirit that God has said. And, God, and you say, I don't care what I see right here. I'm continuing to move with God. Think about Acts 2 for a minute. Now, we like to romanticize Acts 2. Can I just be real with us? We think these 120 were up in this room and it was all nice, safe, and cozy. 
It was not. Do you know that all of the Jews out in the community, the religious leaders, wanted to kill this 120? The troubler of Israel that had walked with them, when them walking with Jesus, you know, seeing him, I, this way, all of a sudden he's gone. He's told them all these great things that are happening. Can you imagine what they felt like? The one who had walked with them, talked with them, taught them, showed them signs, wonders, miracles. I mean, think about what they did when he was crucified. They scattered. They were scared. They were hiding away because, oh, what if we missed it? How quick they went into doubt. So here we're, you know, 50 days from his crucifixion. And now he's gone. All their enemies are still there, you know. At this point, the 5,000 haven't converted yet. <laughs> it's the 120. And at the ascension, there were 500, and now it's 120. The numbers whittle in a hurry when things suddenly change. When things are not peaceful anymore, when things are not safe anymore, when you're a remnant and not the masses, things change. When you're no longer the safe place to be, suddenly things change. So these 120 are gathered in an upper room. And you have to know that they had contention among them as well, right? You've got strong personalities. You've got who's going to lead and who's going to... I mean, come on. Humanity. <laughs> but they get to a place where they're of one heart, one mind. And suddenly... There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And suddenly everything changed. Because they got to a place that their hearts were aligned with heaven. And their hearts were aligned with each other. See, when we get ourselves positioned so that we're in alignment with God and with each other. In a position of humility and faith. Suddenly, the presence, the power, and the glory of God comes. That's what I'm after. I know that's what it is requiring if we're going to see our communities transformed with the presence, the power, and the glory of God. We need an and suddenly. We need to be willing to invest ourselves in seeking the Lord and working together until we're one. 
so that God says, ah, I hear the sound and pour out glory. There's a sound of oneness. There's a sound of the unity of the spirit. There's a sound that arises out of God's people when we've come into that kind of an alignment and position. And then this next one, we, pray, we sang this one earlier, and I thought it was very interesting that it was a part of the new song today. And suddenly, a life of death and bondage turns into life and redemption. Surrender to the divine encounter. It's the story of Saul turned to Paul. This is where, you know, some of us need to be praying for people we know that are in the bondage of death. It may be that they're in the bondage of addiction. They may be in the bondage of emotional turmoil. They may be in the bondage of religion. Because, you know, some of the most vicious bondage you can get in is religion. It can be vicious. But see, in a moment, God can take all of that and turn it into a, one who gives life and brings redemption to countless numbers of people. You remember the story of Saul? He's walking, he's going along, actually he's riding on the road to Damascus and he encounters a light, a bright light. And suddenly he fell to the ground. I'm praying that some of the folks we know personally and in our nation that are Troubling, persecuting, in bondage, captive to demonic hordes of hell, filled with anger and rage and violence, lying and deceit, deception on every front, that suddenly the light of God would break in. I'm going to share a little bit, just very briefly, about something I heard from Brother Jim Hodges last year, and I had never put this together. And I'm not going to try to teach it. I'm just going to throw it out here. The place where Saul encountered the light on the road to Damascus is the same region where Jesus cast the demons out of the man with the Gadarenes. Now, isn't that something? So he dealt with all the legion of demons in the Gadarene maniac, right? Demoniac. The kingdom of God gets established in that region by the testimony of one being set free. The spiritual atmosphere shifts from being one oppressed by the enemy under a principality and power to being one under the principal power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the King of Glory. So all of a sudden, 
You've got Saul, who's a persecutor, obviously demonized, right? Comes into this territory. The atmosphere has shifted. And the Lord says, right now, right here is a good place to deliver this one. Folks, what if... Atlanta became a place where the principalities and powers are no longer ruling. So when people fly into this city, suddenly God says, oh, you just came into an atmosphere. And all of those raging demons that have been giving you all, everybody else all kind of havoc. All of a sudden, you're going to see the light and you're going to hear a voice going, how long are you going to continue to persecute me? You see, it's not persecuting us, it's persecuting Jesus. And if I could have a word with the church that's whining and moaning about persecution in this nation, we don't know anything about persecution. But let me just say this to us. They're not persecuting us, they're persecuting Christ. Get the focus off of us. Then a bright light can come in and get some delivered. Because as long as we think it's about us, we will be fighting flesh and blood with flesh and blood. And we've got to move out of this so that and suddenly the Lord can move in. See, God's wanting to do some and suddenlies. In us personally, in us corporately, in our region, our state, our nation. I really believe that there's an end suddenly that comes in the fullness of time and everything changes. Jesus came in the fullness of time for God's purposes through Jesus. I want you to Take a minute. I want you to realize there's a fullness of time for you. There's a fullness of time for me. There's a fullness of time for CityGate Atlanta. That we break through into the things that we've seen we're supposed to be doing. I had a Native American leader out of Oklahoma write me this morning saying talking about an opportunity that has opened up for them and said, pray for us that we'll walk into this completely because it could impact the majority of Native Americans in our nation. He's a kingdom leader, has an apostolic center, the first apostolic center in Oklahoma among Native Americans. Native American-led, what would happen with an end suddenly through them? And I wrote him back and I said, we're going to pray for you, but I'm also asking you to pray for us that what we have seen by the Spirit, by faith, we move from seeing to manifestation of fire and glory. I'm ready for that fullness of time. Not just to, that we would have a good time. Because let me tell you, if fire and glory shows up, we'll have a good time. 
But what about the harvest that's out there that's looking for the real? That's looking for the power of God. That's looking to see that what we say we believe is manifesting for the miracles. The miracles now. One of the keys for us doing this is that we have, and you've probably heard other people say this, but I kept hearing it this morning. Keep moving in your through season until you come into your due season. A lot of times we stop midway of our through season and we never make it to our due season. This year, as we close out 2023 and move into 2024, I want you to be endued with perseverance to break through that your faithfulness will move you toward fruitfulness. That who God has called and destined you to be in your family, in your business, in your community, within City Gate and out, that you would not stop short of coming all the way through to your due season. Because there comes a due season. And every, every demonic attack is, an is not for eternity. Sometimes we keep them going because we feed them. Ouch. <laughs> but we do. Some demonic attacks, we feed them because we focus on the demonic so much instead of coming up over it. We rehearse the problem. And I want us in this time to move in to a fresh impartation of perseverance of the Spirit. So that we will move into our and suddenlies. So that there is a suddenly breakthrough of joy. There's a suddenly breakthrough of celebration. There's a suddenly breakthrough of fruitfulness. There's a suddenly breakthrough of recovery. Anybody else need to recover all? Come on. We've got some things that need to be recovered. So would you stand with me? I want to pray over us. I want us to move in to great breakthrough of suddenlies. And one of the reasons I believe God had me release this message today is a principle that the Lord has taught many of us over the years is the way you finish one season determines the way you enter into the new. And so I want all of us to lay hold of the positioning and the posture, the alignment, the faith, the perseverance, so that we finish strong and enter into the new to walk into our suddenlies for his glory and honor. So, Father, I thank you that you are moving us through 
some difficult seasons for many people. But every difficulty is producing strength. Every challenge is causing there to be birthed and developed in us a perseverance and a tenacity, an agility to be able to move through challenging situations and not get bogged down. And I pray, Father, that as we walk through these days, as we walk through this time of celebration of the birth of Jesus, that we would remember that Joseph and Mary, the early disciples, Paul and Silas, so many of the early saints, they embraced you to such a degree that through every season, they kept moving. They kept moving with faith, with joy. And they walked from suddenly to suddenly to suddenly. So, Father, I pray that even during this time, you would birth, you would plant seeds of and suddenly ideas. You would release faith for the suddenly of manifestation of dreams of visions, of things that some may have even laid aside and said, well, that must not have been for me. God, resurrection life, and suddenly resurrect. Resurrect, Father. Father, for those that are caught in the bondage of death and destruction, we say, let the light come and suddenly deliver into your purpose. Take the Saul's and turn them into Paul's. Loose a sound of praise in the Paul's and Silas's that feel like they're bond, in bondage in a cell of captivity. Let the sound of praise and the shout of celebration break out the captivity. Father, let us be a people who walk in the suddenlies of God. And that by your presence in us, as we are around others, that there would be breakthrough of suddenlies in others. Sudden salvation, sudden deliverance, sudden healing, sudden resurrection, sudden hope. And suddenly, everything changes. So Lord, let this be an end suddenly season where you receive all the praise, the glory, the honor, and the dominion, now and forever, in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.